0: Okay, welcome to a God is just like Jesus podcast. I'm Chris Saris. We're coming to you from Smoky, Colorado, and I've been working on book number two, which is Jesus's healthy compassion and his healthy fierceness and the combination of those. And it just explores Jesus's great emotional health. And while I'm working on book number two, I'm starting to think about, okay, why did I write book number one and what were the real takeaways from it? So I realize in the future that we're all looking at, we have wild developments in terms of uh, everybody's talking about artificial intelligence, chat GPT, and what does that mean for our future. And we've got amazing advances in gene editing where scientists can create reproductive cells and create mice from regular cells like skin cells. And, and they can transform them somehow to uh, create reproductive cells and then create new mice. We're, we're witnessing the alignment of the nations around Russia and the invasion of Ukraine and kind of China's partnership in Iran and Iran and North Korea as opposed to the US and Europe, Australia, Japan, and some other things. And so there's so much going on in the world. I find myself looking into the word and thinking about why I wrote book number one and what I realize is book number 1 helps you know God's character by seeing Jesus's character, right? Because God is just like Jesus. And it gives us the encouragement to continually grow in more healthy understandings of God's goodness because you see, you you read the passages, you got to work through the passages to see Jesus's goodness and then you realize that's just what God's like compared to what everybody else says God's like. And we have opinions all over the nations and all these different philosophies and religions that say God's like X, Y, or Z. And Jesus continually comes back and say, that's not what God's like, God's just like me. And so we need to work through these passages one by one to see how does Jesus relate to the disciples, uh, different groups of people, the Pharisees, and really understand and see his goodness. Because if we can see his goodness, We do this thing where we develop a connection with God over time, over the weeks, months, and years. We develop a prayer life, asking for things and then journaling and receiving answers. And we develop a worship life where we really enjoy Him. And it's so critical to enjoy God and not only ask for things, although we need to ask for things, but we've got to enjoy and delight in Him because that's what helps us lean in and want to spend time with Him. So book number one was looking at event after event after event, specifically in the context of the disciples, not the Pharisees, not the regular people, but the disciples, those who were following Jesus. And it looked at how did Jesus relate to them when they failed or when they outright sinned? And can we draw some encouragement for that? What we found out time and time again is Jesus is amazing. He doesn't reject them. He doesn't condemn them for failure or for sin, but time and time again, he instructs them how to be greater. He challenges them and even sometimes he corrects them, but it's always for their good and he never kicks them off the team. He never pushes them away. So if you have that knowledge, you can then put that into practice in your prayer life, in your worship life, and in your activities, knowing that God's for you because you've said yes to Jesus and responded to him, and this is who he is, you can grow in goodness. So book one was all about seeing raw goodness in Jesus, being encouraged by that, and us developing our prayer lives. So you really have to journal daily. And one of our habits is to write down three things we're thankful for each day. That's just something my wife taught me and that that we we walk in on a daily basis. But when you do that over the weeks, months and years, you can track and find and go back and see God's answers to your prayers. And we don't know how he's going to answer, when he's going to answer. Those things are all in his hands. But when you can go back in your journals and say, wow, you know, Here's the steps. Number one, I saw he was good by looking at Jesus. Number two, I prayed and I delighted in his goodness. And then number three in my journals, I can go back and I can say, wow, he answered this prayer here. He answered that prayer in this way. And he answered this other prayer in this other way. And you can connect the dots and you build your history with God in this pattern right? And it's awesome, but it is comprised of all three things. It is comprised of seeing his goodness in the scripture, not just people saying, Oh, he's good. You know, he's faithful. He's trustworthy. Those are all great. And those are true. They're general statements. But when you can see it specifically in the scripture that no, he really is good. And this is exactly how he related to such and such person. That's how he's going to relate to me. Then number two, you pray and engage with him. And then number three, you see his answers in your journals you build a history with God over the weeks, months, and years, and your confidence in him grows, right? And you grow in your spiritual maturity. And that is called faith. So book number one was all about helping us grow in that process. So let me ask you a quick question. Did you see Top Gun Maverick? If you did, you'll remember they've got to fly through this uh, valley with a lot of mountains and turns and whatnot to be able to strike a target because they are on a mission and God has a calling in all of our lives. But you'll also remember that in that movie there are these surface-to-air missiles that could destroy their their jet plane and take them out. You know, one of the parallels I thought I got from that movie was that when we are pursue, we're, let's say pursuing the Lord but let's let's also be honest we're responding to him he's already initiated to us to love us and to call us and we are saying yes and wanting to respond to him but we're when we're responding to him and our calling in God we're flying through that valley one of the things that can take us out and get us off course or I should say it doesn't, can't take us out but it can get our prayers uh, grounded or offline is those surface-to-air missiles, and those are very symbolic of things like condemnation, right? Feeling like you're not good enough or heaviness or, you you know, somehow you haven't done enough to please God, right? And one of the ways we can battle, you know, getting hit by condemnation or heaviness or the fear of rejection is looking at these events where the disciples have failed or sinned and then look and say, Hey, is Jesus still for them? Is he still taking care of them? Are they still on the team? Yes, yes, yes. That means when we fail or when we um, sin, Jesus isn't throwing us away. We can keep going. We can avoid those surface-to-air missiles that are attacks of condemnation, attacks of fear of being rejected from God That because we haven't done it perfectly enough or we haven't done enough. And so I love Top Gun Maverick because it gives us a picture of, uh, To keep going as we know who Jesus is. So when you know that's how Jesus relates to the disciples, when they don't even get what he's saying, then we can look at our times when we're confused at the Bible and say, it's okay. Lord, help me understand this. And I know you might explain to me right now, or it might be a week later, a month later, a year later, but you're going to help me understand this because this is what you did time and time again with the disciples. And that means that's exactly what God's doing with us. So, working through day three and really understanding that gives us the courage and the encouragement to say, yeah, you're going to help me figure out this this hard-to-understand saying of Jesus or this passage of the Bible, and it gives us confidence and faith in Him. Another thing that we hit in book um, number one was when fails to keep walking on water right? He, he has this great success where he's actually the only one out of the 11 that gets out of the boat, puts his foot on the water. He's got success and he's starting to walk on the water and then at some point he takes his eyes off Jesus and he starts to sink. Jesus immediately grabs him and lifts him up and then he says this thing that we really have to work on in terms of how we see God, but it's, he says, oh you have little faith, why did you doubt? And if our picture of God's messed up, we hear condemnation and rejection in that, even if we don't know that's what we're hearing. But he's saying, you can do this. He goes, keep going. Keep your eyes on me. And next time you'll go the whole distance. And when we realize he's not rejecting Peter, but he's challenging him to encourage him to grow stronger, go the whole way. That's exciting. And when we see that, we know that, then when we step out in faith and it partly works and it partly fails, we will overcome that because we know what he's saying is, you did good. You got halfway and you can grow and you'll get the whole way next time. So keep your eyes on me. That was a super great part of uh, of book one as well. And then the other one that really comes to mind is Thomas. I love when Jesus has died, he's been raised from the dead, and Thomas shows up, and the other ten have seen Jesus, but not Thomas. And we don't know why this occurs, but I wonder if Jesus kind of orchestrated this to encourage all of us. When Thomas doubts that Jesus has been raised from the dead, and Jesus talked about that, and then everybody said they saw him, he still has doubt and unbelief. And I just appreciate that so much because I have doubt and unbelief at times. And what God's showing us about himself is even though we have a doubt and unbelief, he's not going to reject us because we've said yes to him. We said, yeah, I want to follow you. As imperfect as that is, we have said yes to him. And for those that are responding to him, he goes, you know what? I want you to grow. And so he challenges Thomas, put your finger in my side, put your finger in holes in my wrists. He goes, stop doubting and believe, right? He challenges him in his unbelief, but he doesn't reject him. And Thomas goes on to be a great apostle in the nations and ultimately a, a martyr for the Lord, right? He he gives it all up to say Jesus really is the one. And so Thomas is totally successful, although imperfect, through the months, the weeks, the years, the decades, right? Nobody's perfect, but he does it. And it's great to see that Jesus doesn't reject him. He doesn't condemn him. And we gotta separate those out from his challenge and his correction. And we realize challenge is not meant to beat us down. correction is not meant to beat us down. It's meant to help us turn a little bit and change and grow and be more successful in his grace. When we know that we can embrace the correction and challenge and grow from it. And that's what's happening with Thomas. So whenever you're unbelieving or struggling with doubt or fear, be encouraged. Right? He's for you. He's helping you overcome that. It may take time, the process isn't perfect, but you will grow and overcome these things and have more faith in Him because He's helping you. Book one was about, number one, use your mind and understand how Jesus has helped the disciples, especially in the middle of failure or sin. Right? And then once you've got that in your brain, use that, number two, to pray and ask for the things you need and then also develop your worship life and delight in him. Like, Lord, I love the fact that you weren't rejecting Peter when he sank, but you lifted him up to walk on the water and you told him to to keep his eyes on you and keep going next time. You didn't, you know, Lord, I love the fact that you weren't rejecting Thomas, but you were challenging him to grow in faith so he could be even more fruitful. I love those things about you. And if you develop your worship life along with your prayer life, that's taking what you know and actually putting it into practice and then number three when you journal say three things a day over the weeks months and years you will see answers to prayer and when you connect those back to your prayers you prayed sometimes long ago sometimes the same day your confidence in him grows because you can you can actually see and track his answers in your lives So book number one was all about giving us the knowledge of how he treats us and relates to us who are saying yes to him and followers. And that should encourage us to build this history with God. And that is going to be so important in the future as we're looking with nations struggling with other nations When we're looking at all these technological developments of AI or gene editing, we need to have a consistent prayer life. It's our connection with Him. It's our relationship with Him. And that grows and builds over time. And that's called faith. Faith in Him. So remember. Remember who Jesus is and avoid those surface-to-air missiles that are trying to take you out as you're staying on track, trying to walk in God's will for your life, right? You're on a mission. Avoid those surface-to-air missiles of condemnation or fear of God rejecting you because you haven't done enough or haven't done it well enough because that's not how he operates. And stay on track. Keep praying and get the answers for you, your children, your friends, for the world. So that's what book number one was all about. And I just want to also say, while we're doing this, there is no earning whatsoever. We're saved by grace and we are Sanctified or being grown up in goodness by grace. There is no earning whatsoever, but there is partnership with Jesus. He gives us his spirit and forgiveness through the cross and daily interaction, and we partner with him, we engage with him and respond back. Don't let the enemy come into your mind and say, oh, you're earning this or earning that. We're not earning anything. What we are doing is we're partnering with the Lord day by day, moment by moment to say, yes, your kingdom come in my life and in the world through me and through my partnership with you. Amen and amen.